0: Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name's Chris and I'm joined as always by Tom. Hello. And by Stu. Hello as always. We are here to preview the Monaco Grand Prix, which I forgot until we were talking earlier, Tom. Actually hasn't happened for a couple of years now, which is weird. Yeah, it was it was
1: when we knew we were talking about the last race,
0: and then we kind of realised, oh that was not last year, like yeah. it normally is. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, a few newsy bits to do first. Before we get into the preview stuff, first one, we've got more calendar news. It's been a few weeks, but we're back to calendar news. (laughs) Uh, As we've sort of suspected for a while, Turkey has now been dropped from the calendar again. Uh, It's a shame, but logistically, it was always going to be difficult. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's fair to say. Um, Yeah, shame to see it go, but not a huge surprise, unfortunately. Yeah. Obviously, because of the, they say it's because of the COVID crisis over there, but
2: actually, I just think it's the grip levels.
0: (laughs) 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 They haven't had enough rental cars around there in the last year to get it up to
2: scratch. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, So, in terms of the calendar, it now means the weekend that was supposed to be, which was June 11th to 13th, is now empty on the calendar. They've moved the French Grand Prix forward a week. So, that's now the 20th of June. And we've got another Austrian Grand Prix. We've got the Styrian Grand Prix back for another year. So we've got the Styrian Grand Prix on the 27th of June and the Austrian Grand Prix on the 4th of July.
2: Great. Triple header then. France, Austria, Austria. Back to to back to back. It's going to be great for all the staff and all the teams, isn't it? Mm. (laughs) It's (laughs) great for the fans. Genuinely really good for the fans. But my God, don't expect a really good podcast after the (laughs) (laughs) three (laughs) Three weeks in a row. Yeah,
0: It's... I mean, it's maybe good for the fans watching at home. I would say it's probably not good for the fans that were going to be going to the race no. in France who have now suddenly got to change their plans at very yeah. short notice. Mm. Um, not great for Roman Grosjean because he now can't do his demo runs before the Grand Prix because it clashes with an IndyCar round. Yep, um, that's a shame. So he's still going to be doing his sort of private Mercedes test the week before or the week after, I think. But he's not going to get to do his demo runs at his home grand prix which is a real shame actually yep um and it also means w series which was supposed to be their first round was supposed to be the french grand prix they're now not going to do that and they're going to do both rounds in austria which now means that two of the eight rounds of their season so a quarter of their season basically is going to be on the same track which is a bit (laughs) Oh, a bit naff for them as well. So that's very unlucky. Like, I just can't help feeling like, like, what is this season? Is it 23 race season? Yeah. I just can't help feeling like that. that Just drop it, drop, lose Turkey. Oh, well, we'll do 22. Like, you, you, the cynic in me says the only reason they've added this second Austria round is because they have lots of contracts in place that say 23 rounds. Of course, of course, that's why. And it's just yeah. like, but that's that's a
2: legitimate reason, though, Chris, because like, there's a lot. Is. Of, there is a lot of money rides on these races, and a lot, of, you know, a lot of sponsorship money goes into making them happen. And if the sponsors aren't getting the value for money, then we don't have a sport anymore. So yeah. they have If they say
0: they're going to run two, 23 races, then they damn well better run twenty-three <laughs> yeah. races. You'd, you'd have thought after last year they might have uh, put a bit of wiggle room into things like that, but. You'd hope so, but this is Formula I One. I guess not. Yeah, yeah. Ain't no room for wiggling.
1: <laughs> I think unless I think you're it's... a
0: Red Bull rear wing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: that's, that's a sneaky reference to something that you've not even put in the news. I like yeah. it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the thing with the Formula, uh, not Formula um, W Series, is I'm, I'm glad that they're still getting their full quarter of rounds out yeah. of it though, it's because. True. The I think that the sort of the additional exposure that being an F1 support series can provide to that after its first season will do it the world of good. And I'm glad that they're not losing out because of this change. That's definitely a positive. Yeah.
0: Plus I would wager that the viewing figures for a second race in Austria are probably still going to be better for the viewing figures in France. Like, if you had to not watch one race in the season, that would <laughs> probably be one of the first ones you'd not bother with. So at least W Series is now going to get a few more eyes on it from that point of view, because, you know, Austria has proved itself to be a really good race over the years. So it's got a yeah, perhaps.
1: You'd hope you'd get a better race out of it for W Series. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, but I think the overarching... I, I do agree that like I prefer to see a bit more variation on circuits, whether or, or not, you know... Uh, I don't think a second race at the same circuit is necessarily going to get any more viewing figures. I think you're more likely... I, I disagree, actually. I think you're more likely to tune in to see them running at a different
0: track. Yeah, I'd well, so kind of well. rather they did, like, a alternate layout of another circuit, possibly, or Would, like they did with yeah. um, Sakia.
1: Would W Series meant to be at Austria at all before?
0: Uh, yeah, I think they were.
1: They were supposed to do the original Austria race, and then France as it was. Yeah, I think but, it was like
0: France, Austria, Silverstone... USA, Mexico, and something else was there. Sounds roughly right. But
2: I think uh, overall, you know, I think like we should really like we should applaud them for still giving us the the twenty three races that they promised. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Organisationally, it must have been a nightmare to figure this stuff out. It's it's not an easy thing logistically to get these calendars in order. It takes them a long time, a lot of planning every year. It takes a hell of a lot of planning, a big team of people to get it all sort of lined up. Mm. So to to in a week. Have one cancelled and in the same breath have preparation ready mm, for it yeah. to go. I think it says a lot about the organize, it says a lot about that team and how organized they are. And it says a lot
0: about the sport that they're able to sort of mitigate and and still keep to plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they obviously, you know, they may not have, like I say, had the contract flexibility, but they certainly had, like, I'm sure they've had so many, um, alternate solutions in place for the races they thought might be at risk. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm still not convinced we're going to get everything on that calendar as it currently is, anyway, if I'm honest. I think there'll be, I do think there'll be more changes towards the the, season goes on. Yeah, Yeah,
1: this might not be the, well, I mean, this is now the third one, technically, isn't it? Because Australia postponed, Mm -hmm. Canada cancelled, and then obviously Canada's replacement um, cancelled. Yeah. So, Um,
0: but I think once we start getting towards the sort of, south american and asian rounds towards the end of the season Mm. there might be some more but time will tell i mean i hope not keep a close eye on the calendar yeah hopefully not if all the races go ahead, then that's an indication that things are improving in the world. So we can certainly hope yeah. that things stay as they are. Yes. Yeah.
1: For, for the Formula One calendar will be our world COVID barometer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know how the rest of the world is doing based on whether the
2: races exist <laughs> or on. There's worse barometers. There's worse <laughs> barometers. Yeah, yeah. Any, anything Boris Johnson tells you, probably a better barometer than that. But mean, let's, uh, not, let's not turn this into <laughs> a the politics podcast. Yeah,
0: uh, let's let's do the most exciting bit of news of the past week. I'm sure most people agree <laughs> with, which is that McLaren are running a one-off livery for the Monaco Grand Prix, which is the oh. the classic golf colours, um, as so made good. famous by many a racing car over the years. I think i think i think the first one was the four gt40s and yeah in Le Mans, the, um, yeah it's the, been on lots of things over the years including other mclarens actually in the past ones yeah, it was on the mclaren yeah. ones for, yeah. for a period porsche, oh, yeah of
1: course P- the porsche 917 is probably a mm-hmm. little bit more iconic for me than the gt40 but they're yeah. both still up there yeah like that just gonna do a soon soft g- google on that <laughs> as soon as I, as soon as i see the gulf racing colors i always think the gt40 Porsche nine one seven. Oh, and then some of the more oh. recent Aston Martins ran it as well. Yes. Can't remember how yes, long they've they had it for, but that. they 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 ran it for a while.
2: My goodness, yeah. that's the, and in the it's in the martini colours as well, but it's oh, both those cars in the martini yeah. and the uh and the golf is That is
0: a um that's something. I mean yeah. the martini colours and the golf colours are probably the Two of my most favourite iconic in, liveries yeah, of all yeah, time. Yeah. So that's yeah. a heck of a combo. Um yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, for anyone who doesn't know what on earth we're talking about, um, <laughs> this is the classic um, golf livery, which is a kind of pale blue and orange. Which, as I say, has been used on many cars over the years. Um, golf have been a sponsor of McLaren since last year. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so until now, it's, it's been quite a minor presence, hasn't it? It's been just like one or two small logos on the car. Yeah. Yeah. And on the drivers is on their li- on their um, overalls. They have yeah. on the shoulder straps. Yeah. Um but yeah, just as a one off for this round there, leaning fully into it, um the race suits as well, um the sort of all the team clothing and team branding is all going to be in those colours for the whole weekend, which is really cool. And then both drivers are gonna have um some kind of one off like retro inspired helmets, which they're gonna auction off after the race for um Mind, which is the a mental health charity that McLaren yeah. involved with, which is really cool. Um it's just great though. It's like if if we went back to I don't remember what order we put the cars in when we ranked the liveries, but this is number one there. Like yeah,
1: if it, if it was the the permanent livery, I mean I I can remember a conversation when Gulf first came on board, and I remember saying how cool it would yeah. be if mm. we got an F one car in those colours, and it finally happened. Even yeah. if it's just for one race, I can enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm I'm the sucker that already bought the hat. Like.
2: You are I am such that a soccer. You love a bit of merch. You I love mean, it. yeah,
1: but stuff like that. It just look. It looks so good. The hat looks so good as well. Uh, I, I haven't uh, seen the hat. i, I'll I, send I oh, you a link. Stop!
2: I don't want to. <laughs> don't, I don't want all your cookies. I just want to look at the car. I made the mistake <laughs> <laughs> of looking
0: at that merch store yesterday, and my bank balance is in in fear. <laughs> and then they've also McLaren have also released um, a range of Sun God sunglasses as well recently. And like I yes. buy Sun God, I buy Sun Gods anyway, and now there's McLaren branded ones. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lifetime discount for Sun God's God sunglasses
2: <laughs> already. Like from back in the day, like they were so when I used to be a ski rep, this is really boring for most of the listeners, but <laughs> when I used to be a ski rep, the um they were it was one of the people that um, we repped with who set up that company and um yeah i've watched that I, I literally when they were on kickstarter i bought their special edition shades so that i would get the 35 30 35 discount for like the rest of their life and now they're sponsoring mclaren it's just been amazing to see yeah. a brand go from literally nothing just tell all your mates about this kind of thing <laughs> to literally sponsoring formula one teams that's what a high watermark that is! eh? Yeah. what a dream! Yeah. They're it's living awesome. the dream, these guys. It's really cool, really, really cool. But
0: anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> yeah, I hope you enjoyed that in the live chat because you're the only people who can hear that story.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what else to say? It's just like it looks awesome, and I can't wait to see that car like properly going around the streets. Oh yeah. I guess I guess the only fear is that traditionally. um Teams that have a one off image yeah. change for one in round. Recent, yeah, mm-hmm. In recent, yeah. In recent. has <laughs> bit them in the, in the you yeah. know what. Do
1: you, want, do you want a few interesting but, ones? Do you want my yeah, interesting someone ones? Asked about this, you'd... Yeah, hang on. I want to do the person justice because I want to say exactly who it was. Okay, so yeah, Talia in the Discord, uh, the Patreon Discord, basically said like, how interesting would it be to sort of work out how much better and worse teams do with special liveries? Now, there's too many special liveries it was difficult enough finding some of them let alone all of them and i am not a statistical analyst so what i did is i picked some interesting ones with some interesting stories just just as a quick like summary of things don't generally go well when you change livery unless you are you know in a well off position as it is so the, f- the probably one of the more famous ones that i think a lot of people know about but don't necessarily know why is the blue and white ferrari that's like one of the earliest occurrences hmm. so they they actually raced as the North American racing team in America and Mexico in 1964 instead of um, Scuderia Ferrari. John Surtees actually finished second in both races and won the title, so it wasn't that bad luck for them. Uh, so it was a good thing. But it was, it was all to do with this like argument that should bring it back. Enzo, Enzo was having with the FIA and the ACI, the Italian body, about how... Their new car couldn't be um, homologated for F1. And he basically said, right, fine, we're not racing in Italian red anymore because, or or another Ferrari name because you won't let me. (laughs) Toys out of the pram. Yeah, it was a very, uh, I mean, the start of Ferrari Toys Out of the Pram, really, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, this is where basically everything afterwards just goes to pot for anyone that changes (laughs) the livery. So Lotus in 77 Japan ran um, a red livery as like part of one of the other tobacco companies alongside John Player uh, and Gunnar Nilsson drove it. Uh, he retired before the race was over um, and it was his sixth retirement in a row. It, the last time he'd finished a race before that I don't, was... I don't, know,
2: I, well, I don't know if this is necessarily the livery. <laughs> oh no, no, that wasn't. I'm just
1: saying that was generally unlucky, but <laughs> it was his sixth retirement in a row. But early in the season, he'd finished third in Silverstone and one oh. in Zolder. So it wasn't exactly a bad oh, car, wow. it was, it was just a bad career, run. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I was um, lucky. Do either of you know about the yellow McLaren? No, None. I don't. So Keke Rosberg ran a yellow, you know the iconic red and white Marlboro McLaren mm-hmm. livery that people knew through the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Well, well, early 90s. That was run in a yellow version by Keke Rosberg in Portugal in '86. He retired. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other car finished second that wasn't <laughs> oh in that livery, That wasn't in that livery. Uh Ligier our good old um, Martin Brundle ran two races in 1993 and finished ninth and sixth. So it wasn't too bad, but only just in the points for the sixth. Mm. Uh, there's now a bunch of Red Bulls. The Star Wars at Monaco, I forgot to write down the results oh, in I 2005, but I think, I'm think i pretty sure it was average. Yeah. Um, the first edition of The Faces is in 2007. Weber retired and Coulthard didn't finish in the points, finished 11th.
0: Chris, was your face on that My car? My face was on that car, yeah.
1: Was yours the 2007 or was yours the second version in 2012?
0: <sighs> I can't remember which you... Mine might have been the 2012 one, actually. I think mine yeah, was well, the 2012
1: one. Luckily, that one actually won the race and Vettel came third. Weber won the race in the 2012 one and Vettel came third. Actually, Webber, yes, it was. I remember... Yeah. And Red Bull also had another one, which was. Um, do you remember Coulthard's last ever oh, race do. in Brazil? The white one, yo. the white. Oh, yeah, the white remember. again. These were all Wings for Life charity ones, but uh, that one was his last race, and he didn't even make it around turn two. <laughs> so that
0: was so tragic. They built it up so yeah. much as well, like giving yeah. Coulthard yeah. his send off. He even had a special camera on his helmet. He
2: had the visor helmet cams. Yeah, yeah. And he yep. <laughs> just got around <laughs> turn one. Yep. for the race. I was so excited. I was more excited about the camera. Yeah, and, yeah. And we, <laughs> all we got was like the he start of the into, race into a wall. going into a wall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and oh, then so unlucky.
1: The two most recent ones, I think most people listening will know about already. Yeah. That's Mercedes in 2019, which was Bottas DNFing and Hamilton having to claw back to ninth. And then the Ferrari 1000 races in Magello, which I mean ended up as a fairly average finishing position for Ferrari, which was eighth and 10th for Leclerc (laughs) and Vettel, respectively. But it I actually mean, wasn't
0: bad for them, that's it. Was,
1: it was a chaotic race yeah. in general, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, yeah,
2: that one that's kind of like have we got the Mercedes, the Mercedes Germany one, right? When they did, the, yeah, that was yeah, that, that was the, one I
1: mentioned the 2019 yeah, sorry, one where yeah, yeah. Bottas DNF'd and Hamilton. God, that was
2: back in 2019. Had, I was yeah. thinking that was like last year. What well, course, it was 2019, <laughs> yeah,
1: guys. yeah, so. Oh, definitely, yeah. Wesley, saying,
2: Wesley in the chat is saying, you know Crofty is listening right now, he's going to steal all your stuff. Absolutely no doubt. <laughs> he, he probably listens to every... He'll listen to us just as a token, like, because he listens to every Formula 1 podcast. Probably. He's, missed, he's just, Mr. Formula 1, Just so, so that he it. can say he listens to every Formula he, he's 1 He's Mr. Formula 1, did you not know? I didn't know that, no, but now yeah. I do. Fact.
1: He's also a plane in a film that one time. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> anyway uh next bit of news we're gonna do a rare a very rare bit of back of the grid IndyCar content this doesn't happen very often um but we're going to talk about Roman Grosjean because he got his first pole in IndyCar only his uh third race in the series um which is his first pole position first pole position since he won the GP2 title 10 years ago wow um he ended up finishing second in the race, but it still meant he got his first podium since 2013. And he also led more laps in that one race than he read uh, led in his entire Formula One career. <laughs> which wow. is and it, and it was like not even a close thing. He led like 40 odd laps, and I think he's led like 20 something in Formula One. Um, but like, but he was brilliant. Like it was it was like watching the Grosjean on the Actually, no, not the Grosjean that came into Formula 1 the second time. It was the Grosjean that went away, did another year or two in GP2, then came back again, and he was, like, the young, promising thing. Like, he was just, yeah. like, in the early stage of the race, he was pulling, like, a second or so a lap, like, on the rest of the field. He was, wow, yeah, properly, properly quick. And it was, I think he said after the race, like, obviously he was disappointed he didn't win it from the where he kind of was running, but... yeah it was kind of a learning experience and that he's now realising how much more you have to push every lap in IndyCar compared to F1 because he kind of got reeled in around the pit stops and then kind of couldn't catch back up to um, VK had overtaken him. So, considering he's only done two races before it, I was super duper impressed with what he did. That's very impressive. That is very impressive. I think my favourite bit of the whole weekend is um, in the interview after the race, uh, they said to him, What's your favourite thing uh, about like being over an American race in IndyCar? And he just smiled and said, "Leading races." <laughs> 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 he got like a really good reception as well. Like when they went to talk to him, like you could hear the crowd cheering in the background. And like it wasn't a massive crowd there either, because obviously there's still a lot of limited crowd numbers. But like yeah. he's he's really like gone down well there. He seems a really popular guy. So That's it's good. it's really nice to see him doing well. Yeah. Very um, exciting. Yeah. I think um, it
1: says for a lot a lot for how much closer everything is in a series like IndyCar as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like I mean I'm I might get corrected on this, but I'm pretty sure the entire Aero's set, is it not, as part of a Dolores chassis? So like the only thing that they're yeah. really changing is the engine, the power they supply can, unit. They and... can
2: so they can there's 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 tunability in the car. They yeah, yeah. like yeah. any race car, they can tune they actually tune IndyCars in a in, for oval races, they tune them in a really asymmetrical, weird yeah, way, which yeah. is quite interesting. If you ever want to read about that, read Adrian Newey's um, <laughs> How to Build a Car, which I haven't mentioned for a few episodes now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so there's, there's tunability in in the car. So despite all having the same chassis, they've all got the same Delara chassis and they all... Run, there's
0: two aero packages basically. Is this yeah. the there's um... three actually? I, I was oh, is recently, there three there's now? actually three, yeah. So they have there's, there's the road course one and the yeah. um oval, oval. one, yeah. but there's actually now two separate aero packages there's the big Indianapolis style one, and then there's a separate one for the short ovals they run because that needs a slightly different. Characteristic to the big super fast ovals.
2: So, can they choose? Do they have? I I imagine like the logic is they tend to go for all the same aero packages. I think they're told which one it is.
0: I think it's like this race, this is the aero package you can run. Yeah.
2: But you can still, like, obviously that's tunable. So, you can still decide to run more or less. Front, rear, wing. Mm -hmm. um, And yeah, you know, you can change the flaps and stuff on it. So it it is still down to like which team can set up. It's like GP2, it's like who, uh, sorry, F2, who can set up the car to be the most effective for a given circuit on a given day. Um, So just because that, and there's two different engines, obviously. I think it's a Chevrolet engine, is it? Chevy and And Honda. Chevy and Honda. And a Honda Honda engine, yeah. Yeah. Um, It is, I think there's enough difference there across teams that you know, it's still a very,
0: very worthy championship and they've still got excellent drivers in there. Oh, a lot lot of really, really good drivers. This this year's field is really impressive. Um, I mean, they've now had five winners in five races this season and three of them have been first-time winners in IndyCar. So it's super close Mm. this year. Yeah, um, and at the end of the day if you're a racing fan it's not necessarily about what's underneath it and what car they're in it's about how good the racing is and if, yeah. if there's good racing yeah. going on then it's always going to be and it has been pretty. like I've never watched that much IndyCar in the past but I've been trying to pay a bit more attention this season and it's it's been really good entertaining racing like I've been really enjoying it nice um, i, I there's only so much oval racing I can watch. Like, yeah. I, I can I can enjoy watching the Indy 500 because, like, it's it's a big event and there's like a lot of moving parts. That. It's and more square yeah. racing than oval like, racing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not an oval race. at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, we are
2: going to get shot for that. We are going to get <laughs> absolutely. They're going to go
0: mental on the on the comment section for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of this in America, actually. Um, but yeah, like, there's only so I, I I don't feel the need to watch lots of oval races within a single season but even so it's, it's it's entertaining stuff um we should also mention as well um renas vk uh who won the race um who is a young dutch driver winning for the first time in indy car in only his second season and it was five years to the day since another young dutch driver called max verstappen won for the first time in f1 in only his second season which was a oh, weird wow. little uh <laughs> serendipity yeah yeah um also, his name is Renas VK, which is V-E-E-K-A-Y. But his surname is actually something very long and Dutch. And when he went over to America, he said, just call me VK. And mm. rather than the letters, it's like from, from the letters V and K, oh extrapolated out into the word VK. So that's what he goes by now.
2: Mm.
0: Wow. Yeah. Also, the commentators all day in the race were calling him like Romain Grosjean and stuff. Like he's not a letter. Oh, just, yeah, just yeah. learn his name. Like That's they it. got they got it wrong consistently, which bothered <laughs> me. But
1: Romain Grosjean. You know. <laughs> yeah,
0: Grosjean. I, I, I Big
1: a John. At work, I had a <laughs>
2: colleague at work who, at one of my jobs, who wasn't a massive fan of Formula One, despite um, uh, where I was working, and he um, he used to call him. Gross Jesus, just for banter. <laughs> just okay. gro- gross Jesus. <laughs> we all know
0: Giovanazzi is the only Jesus in F one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Italian Nazi. Jesus Giovanazzi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah. That's good. Um, shall we better move on to
2: storylines because my goodness, we're descending into carnage. Let's
0: let's actually talk Monaco.
2: Yeah. Um. So um. Happy crun- happy ooh, happy crunting Happy hunting ground. For um, for Red Bull, um, they'll be hoping to capitalise on that. Um, obviously, Verstappen's gone fairly well there in recent years. Red, but the Red Bull car should this season be decent? Yeah.
0: Um, Chris, look, Chris looks like he's wincing. Over I it's it's not that they will be hoping to go well. Like they have to win this race. Yeah. If Red at, at risk of being like a bit of a doom monger, if Red Bull don't win this race. I can't see any way Verstappen's going to be able to put up enough of a fight. Yeah. Do you know why I said season? hoping
2: to capitalise? <laughs> because I didn't want to sound like a doom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I will be negative Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously as as part of that, my second storyline is Perez. Perez must surely be hunting yeah. for his first podium for Red Bull here. If If Red Bull do have that advantage obviously you're going to you need to need to need 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 to be capitalizing on that as the yeah. as the second driver. Yeah, which he obviously is the second driver. There's no they've made no bones about that.
0: Red Bull um, absolutely need two cars on the podium this weekend, don't yeah. they? Big time. 100%. So, so this is a this is a huge weekend for Red Bull. I don't know what Perez has been like at Monaco in the past.
1: Um I mean last season he didn't finish, think, mm. did he? Uh, last season oh, no, no, no one no, finished sorry, in Monaco you... <laughs> oh, well yeah <laughs> <no one's> <laughs> last season no sorry he did but he was a lap down he was towards the back he didn't have a very eventful race
0: I don't feel like I have mm. many memories of him doing like anything super impressive yeah. there um, I generally can't think of anything <laughs> let's
2: have a look so Monaco 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 um, uh, yeah no he uh, he where is it? Oh, I'm looking at last year and there's no things oh, I've so, just had yeah. a click back through previous years. 2019, Paris is usually just 12th, somewhere. 12th, in the middle. He's got now he's got a podium there for, oh, Sao- for a force India. He got a podium oh, okay. in 2016. Yeah. Um so he you know he, he he's capable of you know, a podium at Monaco is a big deal. Like especially if you're in a force India in twenty sixteen. Yeah. That's a that's a result. How man. did
0: he how did he manage that? I don't remember that race
1: because he yeah, started 8th 2016 is the year where um there was a bunch of shunts wasn't there uh, there was Manchester and Cavilla and Kvyat. Where
2: they there was a red flag and they um there was tires issues and they all sort of, they were due for a really really good race and then yeah. there was a red flag and it's the race was stopped and everyone changed tires on the um grid
0: uh, yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah, I think Paris. I think l- looking briefly at the race report, I think Paris kind of through safety oh, cars wet. and stuff, kind of looked out a little bit from the um, it, it, safety from car me- and
1: pit. from memory as well. It was that one that Ricardo should have won, the one that he should have won. Yes, it was, and he had the pit stop blunder, and he came second. You know, when the one time that we saw like angry Ricardo. Yeah. And he was like fuming. And I think if That's I remember right, I remember
2: it because there was such drama at the end of yeah, that race.
1: Yeah. And I think if I remember rightly, twenty seventeen, if you then jump to the next year, yeah, he got He got it. And I think we even called the episode Ricardo's Redemption.
2: Yeah. The uh, thing, the radio message was redemption as well. Yeah. Like he was saying redemption, like he was really hyped. Obviously. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure it's that race though where he was cost the race by the pit strategy. And yeah. the pit issue.
2: So yeah, so there we go. Perez is capable of um, good performances uh, despite changeable conditions. In two thousand sixteen, he is capable of good performance. I think rain at Monaco to finish with a podium is actually even more of an achievement
0: because it's such yeah. a difficult track to drive, even when it doesn't rain. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, just finishing in Monaco, especially in the rain, is like achievement in itself. So the podium is like, especially in yeah. like the car he was in. Then it was the fourteen was like. Yeah. All, all right back then but it wasn't a, it wasn't a regular podium finishing car
2: that's no, for sure absolutely so yeah um he can, he can do it red bull can do it he might even be an iron for a win has has Verstappen won at monaco i has Verstappen had a podium at monaco i don't think he has
0: um i'm not sure he has to be honest let's have a let's have a look at that um he's definitely not won it
1: No, he's not at a podium.
2: So the number two driver at Red Bull has he's... got better results at Monaco than what their number one driver has.
1: Yeah, his best is a fourth 2019.
2: So there you go. There, there's a there's a race to watch at the weekend, isn't there?
0: Yeah, I Explain mean, away. Verstappen's not got the best record there, has he? Like, how many years in a row has he been in practice? Swimming pool. He hates yeah. the swimming pool. yeah,
1: yeah. He's not. He's not always run well.
0: No. Mm. So and he, and he. That's what he needs.
2: Verstappen really, really desperately this year needs to just ease himself in and not sort of go pushing too hard too soon. Because there's an argument to say, yeah, it's better to have the incident, you know, during practice. I think he's had he had one in like Friday practice. Uh, sorry, Saturday morning practice, practice three before qualifying. Give the team a real job to do. To get there was one year he missed qualifying, I think. Hmm. Yeah, there was, and he was starting. Yeah. It might have been twenty. I'm not. I'm not going to hazard against a guess at twenty year, but I do know that's happened. Yeah. Um. So yeah, surely maybe Perez might be sort of yeah. feeling like he's gotten a bit of an advantage on his teammate here. But um, either way, Red Bull need a double podium, and they need to need both. They need. They really will be aiming for a one-two
0: this weekend to get that team back in. Yeah, anything contention. less than a double podium will be disappointing for them. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely,
2: um, yeah. So the next storyline is McLaren will be looking to go really well at Monaco. They've got a good car this year. They've got the um, they've got that extra bit of diffuser at the back of the car that I don't think anyone else has developed in yet. This so f- I've certainly not heard anything about anyone copying yeah. it yet. And I think that's what's given them like a little bit of an advantage. Uh, uh, that's what's making them fast at the, uh, the circuits we've been to so far. Um, they've got a race, a Monaco winner with Ricardo as well so again that surely with with the performances norris has put in so far this season i think Mm. they'll be expecting to do quite well they've obviously got their updated livery as well and you don't (laughs) put a nice new livery
0: on it for a race like monaco unless you're expecting
2: to do all right yeah yeah yeah
0: livery livery curse aside i've got quite high hopes for mclaren
2: yeah I don't know if I dare put them in my fantasy team or anything like that, based on the fact that they've got a new livery, <laughs> given the conversation we had earlier. Um, um on to Ricardo. So Ricardo, upward trend at um the last race. There are quite a few storylines this week, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um Ricardo upward trend um has begun in mm-hmm. Spain in earnest. And I think he'll do all right this weekend. I, I've got a feeling that he's gonna sort of continue that trend. And um, it's a circuit he knows how to win at. He's a very, very good race driver. Um, So, yeah, keep an eye on Ricardo. I reckon he'll beat Norris this weekend. I think he'll beat Norris. He beat him last weekend, but I think he'll beat him again this weekend.
1: Yeah. I'm almost hoping, like, depending on circumstances, that there might be a cheeky podium in it for Danny Rick this weekend.
0: That would be very nice, wouldn't it? It's a possibility. I think
1: there's a good chance of it.
0: Hmm
2: obviously livery, a lot happened. livery
1: aside <laughs> <laughs> i think
2: a, f- a few things might need to happen for a for that to happen but then again, I, I, think I i do think he'll i think he'll capitalize on whatever whatever he's got i yeah. think he he'll, he's got that com- he'll get that confidence back from the result he got last weekend and it's just what you need
0: leading into monaco yeah so plus monaco like so much of it rests on saturday and Especially know, in these cars. Yeah, especially in these cars. Like, I mean, Danny Rick proved a few years ago, didn't he? Like, you yeah. can be however many horsepower it was down because half your engine doesn't work anymore and still win the race. So, yeah, absolutely. And we know that Monaco is a place where, the, more so than anywhere else, the driver can make the difference. So I definitely think we're probably... There's a good chance we'll see... Something that's not a Mercedes or a Red Bull, like in the top three, maybe on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, which
2: leads me l- really nicely onto my next um, storyline. With a tight field, we should watch out for an upset from further down in the pack. Um, maybe an Tower or even a Williams circuit, which is much more driver-dependent than many of the ones we've been mm. to so far this year. Mister Saturday. Yeah. Um, so you've just you were just saying how it's a very difficult circuit to overtake at. You know, Russell in the Williams will be looking really hard at qualifying. Yeah. And he'll be
0: going hell for leather this weekend, I think. They will be just focusing everything they have on making a car that goes fast on Saturday, won't they? Because if he can grab another, like, 11th or 12th, maybe even make it into Q3, Mm -hmm. like... Best he dance. just
2: needs to keep it together if he yeah. gets there. He's he's yeah. he's had a bit of a shaky start to the season, I think. Nor uh, uh, Russell, yeah. So um, compared to previous previous seasons, mm. and um, yeah, I, I really, I, I would love to see him go really well at Monaco. I think it'd be a great race for him. So mm. yeah, there's an opportunity this weekend for sure. Mm. With the field being as tight as it is, for drivers like you know, drivers like. Uh, Russell, or you could you could even see an Alfa up there in the mm-hmm. front of um, Gasly. The the Tauris have been up and down. Um, but then my final one, um, things moved around a lot at the last race with Alpine and Ferrari both appearing to make, make some steps. So um,
0: I'm going to round this off by saying expect the unexpected at Monaco <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> I'm interested to see how Alonso gets on this weekend because Alonso's not had the best return so far. But like again, this is a place he's gone very well at in the past. It's a very driver centric circuit. Like if Ocon beats him this weekend as well, then he's he's gonna have a lot of questions to ask himself, I think. I mean he already kinda does, but mm, he don't, I don't know. I think I think a driver of his experience would expect to turn up in Monaco and be his teammate.
2: Yeah. I just I think the thing going against Mon- uh, Monaco, the thing going against Alonso at the moment is just the it's it's the lack of seat time he's had in a mm-hmm. F1 car. Yeah, yeah. I think and, it is. And I think that's going to hurt him more at this race than probably any other race so far this season. I think that's that's probably another factor for yeah, all the true, actually. the entire grid. Like you've it's... got you've got a few drivers who have have just joined teams. Who so far this season have uh, you know some have gone on gone up to the pace quicker than others, and this I think is the real real
0: test of those drivers. It's a place you need a lot of confidence in your car, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which and is we saw thin, at yeah. Imola. We saw at Imola the cars that the drivers that
2: had the most confidence in their cars did the best that mm. weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So that's a good that's, point. that's your uh, that's your storylines this week, guys.
0: Good batch.
1: Should we we use all that newfound information and and theory to do some predictions, Sam? Let's. Yeah, okay. So for those who are newer, what we do is we do five predictions uh, for the Grand Prix weekend. We do fastest in Q3, the winner of the race, first DNF, number of finishes, and the position of a random driver chosen as we record now. Uh, If you want to enter as well, you can go to backofthegood.com and register if you haven't already and join in. Uh, But I'm going to start with Chris and ask him who he thinks who will be (laughs) fastest in Q3. It's
0: such a tough one this week. It's so hard.
2: (laughs) This is the one every year where we do really badly. It's so hard. I mean,
1: I've been doing badly all year so far, so I've got (laughs) nothing to lose at this point. I mean, I think while Chris thinks what i will say is that form here sometimes says a lot like if someone struggles here they tend to struggle here a lot and i think that that could be like someone like max's undoing i really i really want to put him fastest q3 but i'm already doubting myself for even thinking that
0: you basically said the opposite (laughs) of the thought process i was going through (laughs) yeah I'm I'm gonna back Max. I'm gonna say Max is <clears throat> finally going to put a weekend together in Monaco. So I'm going break his duck.
1: Okay. Stu, what do you think?
2: Well so far I've been sort of I, I've 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 not been keeping the faith, the double ham faith. And I think it's after it's... last week, I think I really need to step up the double ham faith. I so. mean
1: you're you're in a healthy lead in terms of the three of us though.
2: Oh, don't, 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 mate! Don't goad me into. Uh, I'm not I'm just making, saying making rash decisions. Um, <laughs> it's. I think right now it's still quite hard to vote against Hamilton. So I'm going to go Hamilton fastest in Q3.
1: Okay. I think I'm going to be really disappointed with myself, if history repeats itself and he crashes at the swimming pool again, but I'm, I am going to say Max Verstappen. I've been thinking about this like all week and I've been thinking I want to go double Verstappen mm-hmm. and I've been thinking to myself, he always like bins it at some point early in the weekend at least once. But I, but I think
2: t- if you go, you've got to go double for this one. If, if you are going yeah. double bubble, this is the race to do it.
1: Yeah, I think I am. I, I don't think he'd have a problem during the race. I think it's, I don't know what it is. It's those Friday and Saturday mornings that he tends to like just push the limits a bit too far and it can compromise his quality. But I'm taking the risk. I'm going double Verstappen. Okay. Stu, are you going double ham double after ham. what you've just keep, said?
2: Keep the faith, double ham, yeah. Put my money where my mouth is. And Chris? It almost, putting my money where my mouth is almost came good for me last week. So. I've got to go yeah. double Verstappen. Going with a double yeah. Verstappen. Got to. You got it. Okay. It's got to be done.
1: So, on that note, then, Stu, you can go for first DNF. Easy
2: peasy this week, Nikita Mazapan.
1: Okay.
0: Chris? I've just looked up his um, previous results there. As far as I can tell, he's only raced there in F2 in 2019. And he finished both races. Different beasts, different cars, much smaller.
2: Basically, <laughs> I'm trying. Powerful. I'm
0: trying to find a reason to not say his name, but actually, again, <laughs> if I don't say him, and it's not worth losing the points, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I don't say him for first DNF, and it turns out to be him, I'm going to feel stupid. So it's it's bin Okay. Just say the driver that will not be named. And then
2: not
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to upset probably a lot of people here, and I'm going to say George Russell. Oh wow! I mean, just look at his F two time there. He binned mm-hmm. it both races on his own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: wasn't even Wasn't even the fault of anyone but himself.
0: It's true. We don't like that place.
1: He's not. He's never had a good time there. So I'm going. Basically, I'm going Verstappen's redemption <laughs> and Russell's continued misery. Russell's less so. Yeah, maybe a good quality, but I think that yeah that that double both him and. Albon double DNF that year for different reasons. That there were, you remember um, the year that we were fighting with Norris. Mm-hmm. Norris was the only one of those like three that came up together that finished the race. So I'm just I'm just going with like a bit of a unfortunate history, and he's not been there much since because of the calendar changes yeah, and stuff.
2: Yeah, no. it finished fifteenth so, in 2019. Norris,
1: yeah. Russell in
2: the William uh, Russell God I always get their name <laughs> finished fifth George Russell finished 15th in yeah. uh, 2019 in yeah. Monaco, which 14th. is
1: understandable in the Williams yeah, yeah I mean
2: that's a good result for Williams that year 2019 yeah, was yeah. dog of a car that Williams so um, yeah, but keep I think faith, it, man. I think
1: if he qualifies well that might actually be his undoing
2: mm.
1: the heat of battle around those tight streets of Monaco interesting uh, number of finishers. I'm going to come back to Chris first this time.
0: It's a tricky one, this because the, the last two races there, there were 19 finishers, and then the two mm. years before that was 15 finishers, so very <sighs> unpredictable. Yeah, split the difference because I feel like the last couple of years with predictions, we've been like wildly out of Monaco because we've all said something like 14 and it ends up being one retirement. Mm-hmm. um I'm going to go for 16. 16. 16.
1: I am going with that like sort of split the difference I was joking about a moment ago and go 17.
0: I already I'm wish gonna, I said 17.
2: Uncharacteristically, oh, I can't speak. Uncharacteristically, I'm going to say more than both of you because I'm normally the, the pessimist <laughs> in this Yeah. Uh, in this Field. I'm going to say 18. I don't think there'll nice. be that many uh, DNFs because I think it's so difficult. These cars are so wide Yeah, that
0: th- they don't even get into battles in the first <laughs> yeah. place. Yeah.
1: So. And can you give us a random driver for this week, Chris, please?
0: Of course I can. It is... Should be Danny Ricardo? <laughs> nope. Other one. Lando Norris.
1: Oh, no oh! way. That is difficult.
0: It's really difficult.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm just
0: doing it fifth. I'm doing it fifth. Seventh. Oh,
2: I'm gonna go sixth then.
0: <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we all said it was difficult, and then we just like didn't think about it and went I just, on instinct. Yeah, I, mean, I, had the, I had the benefit um, yeah, of went... you both saying your prediction before yeah. I said mine, so, <laughs> so like, just I, I, I,
2: I deliberately like kept quiet for that one.
1: <laughs> I just want to go with my gut. Like Nor- <laughs> Norris is decent enough there, and the McLaren should go well, so. I think any any of those positions would be a good result for mm-hmm. yeah. for him.
2: Who have you got, Chris, ahead of um, ahead of Norris? There. What's your, oh, you're what's... giving
0: me way too much credit on my thought process for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say. So I've got six drivers ahead of him. Um, I've obviously got Verstappen win, so that'll be one. Yeah. Hamilton obviously will finish that race well. Yeah. Um, Ricardo. Yeah. Perez. So that's,
2: your, that's, your, that's your podium positions then? No, yeah.
0: that's not in order necessarily. Oh, it's not in order. Okay, okay. Um, Perez. Maybe not Bottas. I've, I've, I've got a feeling Bottas might have a bad weekend. Yeah, it's um, so you've very got a couple similar of Ferrari's thought. to choose from. I think it's going to be like a Leclerc, maybe an Ocon, someone like Ocon. that. Mm. Signs, signs as You always want to write there.
1: I mean, you're you're a similar thought process to me. Yeah. I'm sort of thinking both Red Bulls, um, Hamilton, and probably Ricardo.
2: I haven't, uh, you know, what with my prediction, I haven't factored in the the surprise result factor. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> so I immediately jumped at six, but now I'm wondering if I should twentieth. No, not that.
0: Putting further up, like third or something. Oh, like right. just as a, like, oh you're going for that result. surprise? But not the surprise. Mick Schumacher on the podium. <laughs> no, not that one. Um, I'm gonna now. Nah, I'm gonna leave it as it is. Sixth. Okay. See, so, yeah, there we go. That's prediction.
1: Nice one. And as I said before, just head to backofthegrid.com if you want to get involved for yourself. It's always worth doing because there's a prize if you can get all five right in a race weekend, and then there's a prize at the end of the season for the person with the best overall score. So make sure you join in. Yep. Now, gentlemen, it is. Uh, keep it saying now Stay, stay out.
0: Bounce, bounce, bounce. Amen. <laughs> All of us doing a weird dance to that, then, which none of you can see. Uh, I'm talking. I'll go first. Samuel Burton says you have to talk about Grosjean's pole and in IndyCar race. We did. Check. Uh, <laughs> and what do you think his performance means for his future? He'll carry on
2: at racing IndyCars for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah.
0: I th- I, th- I think. I think the probably the big difference because right now he's doing the road courses he's not going near the ovals um i think to keep his wife happy after what happened yeah. to <laughs> in bahrain but i think if he can carry on having results like this i reckon within maybe next year maybe the year after he's probably gonna do a full season if he thinks he can actually be like in contention for a championship yeah um, yeah, I could I could subscribe to that. Yeah. And I think like it, I think every driver would probably love to do the Indy five hundred. Like it's 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 one of those races, isn't it? So I think we'll see him do at the very least Indy within the next couple of years. I agree.
2: Nice. Yeah. I'm I think this, on board with all that. Yeah, I think
1: that is a very fair assessment.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, next one. Um Marcus Ingram asks McLaren livery, should we petition to keep it? Let's see how they do this weekend, shall we? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: if they do if they do get a podium, then they probably will want to, but I mean I, I love it. I'd happily keep it. I guess it's one of those things where like the longer it's around, the less special it feels, but mm. it's also I my like... favourite F1 livery in a very long time. I would say
2: I I already like the existing McLaren. I was yeah. you know what? As much as I love the Golf livery. I was actually almost a little bit disappointed that they're not running their normal livery. Is that <laughs>
0: like? Is that going to get me hate on the internet? Ooh. Probably. Everything I say gets me. I hate mean, on it's me. not like, it's not like the normal McLaren livery is one that most people hate. Like it's a pretty yeah, exactly. well loved one. Like, either way. If, so. like, you know,
2: if Haas had changed their livery to the Gulf one, everyone would be like, "Oh man, keep Happy that. Days. <laughs> get rid of the other yeah. one." But the fact that McLaren already have like probably one of, definitely one of the sickest liveries on the entire grid. For them to then actually change it to this, which is also probably these probably going to be the sickest livery yeah, of be the, best the entire grid this weekend. It's going to be so good, cool, especially going around Monaco. Um, going around other track circuits, maybe I wouldn't be as excited.
0: I think it's the fact it's Monaco, and you add something to threes. it, doesn't it? It
2: definitely adds a mystique to it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, McLaren like design team will be patting themselves on the back after after that, and the reaction yeah. is gone for sure. Big time.
1: Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm kind of with Stu a little bit that, as much as I've wanted to see it since they partnered up, I'm kind of glad that it's a bit of a one-off because it makes it feel a bit more special that you get to mm. see it. I think that's the th- that's the key thing, isn't it? It's just got a little bit more of exclusivity to it, or something. I guess, mm-hmm. especially being at Monaco, like you said. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Wesley Paul says of the current grid, um, excluding Lewis. Who are the better qualifiers at Monaco, and who from the midfield would have a shot at snagging mm. a podium?
2: We've kind of touched
0: on some of these, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, other than Ricardo, that I, I had a look down. I saw this question and I had a look down the list, and other than Ricardo, there's not really a name that like leaps out to me as they always go well at Monaco. Like, in years gone by, like, mm. you'd always expect, like, Kubica would always qualify at Monaco way better than any other track. And um, who else? I mean, Alonso could surprise us. Alonso definitely could yeah. surprise us. Um, Especially um, given the
2: performance of that car last race as well. That car didn't... Yeah, it will have really, given him a lot of confidence. Not necessarily Alonso's performance in
0: that car last race, but the car itself looked yeah, better. Yeah, definitely. So... Um, I do think Russell will probably qualify well, um, but yeah, Ricardo is the one to watch for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think Norris is. I feel like he's got a lot of quali pace at the minute, like mm-hmm. especially what he showed at um, Imola, with, d- despite the of having to be deleted. But I think there's a few circuits that are slightly more old school that would kind of apply to Monaco, like Austria has got like some old school mm-hmm. element to it. He's always he seems to have gone well there. We've got that coming up not too long as well. I, I think that Norris has got a good chance of like sticking that McLaren higher and higher up the grid up to the point that he's sniffing at podiums more regular for sure. Yeah. I, I think I think McLaren have dropped on really well with Ricardo kind of in his prime and just looking to find the right seat and the right place to be, and Norris just coming up and so, sort of getting comfortable in the formula and then hitting his A game. Yeah, and going from strength yeah. to strength.
0: He's got to, be aiming, got a, he's got to be aiming for fourth in the championship. The year Norris uh, has,
2: yeah, he? yeah. They've got a mighty, but we've said this a lot. They've got a mighty, mighty driver lineup this year, yeah. that, that mm-hmm. team. And um, this is if you want a mighty driver lineup, this is the place to have it. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one I would throw into the mix here in this, in answer to this question, is Perez. Perez has effectively been a midfield driver. I think so far this season, he's definitely been getting sort of snapped up by some of the cars behind um, at times. And I feel like it probably would be a bit of a surprise if uh, Perez won
0: this race. So oh, definitely. I'm going to throw him in the mix as well. Hmm. And, he, and he very much needs it as well currently.
1: Yeah. Be, the whole team did. It'd be good, like, sort of... um confidence boost and just settling kind of thing for Perez, wasn't it? If he, if he got a good yeah. result here and especially at a circuit like this, I think it would just settle everything down and then he can kind of just get his head down and focus on it.
0: Cause the, the, you can see the pressure starting to slowly build mm. around Perez. Like everyone's given him a bit of time to get his head around things, but the pressure definitely seems like it's starting to build up a little bit. And I think if he has another iffy weekend, that's only going to increase. Hmm
2: um we ready for the
0: next one yes and it's my turn um alexia says if you had to bring back one livery and apply it to a current f1 car for this weekend's monaco grand prix what would you pick that's a great question i know mine go on Braun gp (laughs) (laughs) stick it on the mercedes yeah
1: if if Lotus was still running a team, I'd bring back the old gold leaf one. Nah, not no. one everyone thought I was going to say the John Player, but the gold leaf one, the yeah, one that was like cool the imagery. burgundy red with the mm-hmm. the gold yeah. trim underneath. Uh, yeah, that was, that, that, was that was an awesome. I'm, I'm about
2: to do something that's not reflective of a podcast experience, but I'm going to do it because we're on webcam to each other anyway.
1: It's going to show me is like Lotus, which is it, oh 50?
0: no, he's cool. Poster, Stu has a very cool. poster. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, he's a poster with it on. Yeah, yeah. he's an awesome car. The Silverstone poster. <laughs> he has a poster with the car I'm talking about on it's the, for um, audio listeners which is all of you. Because <laughs> I forget that nobody can see podcast. those. Yeah,
2: I know. This is, this is a bad idea having webcams on for a podcast. It's the... Uh, um, oh, goodness, it's the... How have I forgotten the name of this car in like the crucial? It's a forty-nine. It's, it's Lotus forty-nine. 40, gold, is it 49? a gold leaf. It's a gold leaf Lotus forty-nine yeah. B. Yeah. Is what it is.
1: Forty-nine B. Yeah, that's the the B is a significant bit. I think. Yeah. From memory.
2: And it is stunning. And it um, yeah. Adrian Newey owns one. I was, I was I just, just about really to say, yeah, Adrian
1: Newey owns the silverstone one does he not the one oh, that, is that the
2: one we saw a couple of years ago yeah yeah yeah. it's the one in the uh, paddock the, the, the F, when we were in the f2 paddock we saw it in uh,
0: yeah oh, i didn't know that was his yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool um Great car. i'm gonna i'll say the martini livery then i, I still really miss the martini hmm. livery i love that that's fair good one that's a good one is that everyone we all
2: done mm-hmm. yeah we've all done one <laughs> um Tom B says, have the first few races truly cemented Lando as the top driver in McLaren? Watching the livery video, it was notably absent of Danny Rick. And I wonder if McLaren now see Lando as their star face of the team. Um so I, I think don't
0: know about that. I think there's a reason why Lando um why Danny Rick wasn't in that McLaren video. I saw someone mention the Discord, and I'm sure someone's probably about to tell me what that was in the live show chat. There was like a legitimate reason why he just wasn't there for the filming, but that being said, like Lando has definitely like, like when, when him and signs joined that team simultaneously, it was very much signs is the experienced one, Lando is the newbie. And Lando's definitely like stamped his authority a little bit on that team, and he sort of has a lot of sway within that team now. And it's not like Danny Rick was just able to walk in and make it his team overnight, is it? It's exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because like I'm sure to us, I guess it probably does feel a bit like Lando is like the face of that team. But I'm sure in other parts of the world, it's not because it's just from a marketing point of view, who's going to sell the most um, limited edition expensive caps and hoodies, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> not even cars, not even cars. No, just merch.
2: Yeah, yeah. win on Sunday, sell merch on Monday. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next one.
1: Yep. Uh, Alan Gardner says, uh, do you think if Bottas... Uh, sorry, do you think if Bottas has accepted his position as Lewis's wingman instead of trying to race him, that he would actually start picking up results?
2: No, I think he needs to be faster and then he'll start picking up results. That's fine, hmm. that
0: I think there might be something to that, though. I, I, I kind of feel like... Bottas is maybe worrying too much about what Lewis is doing and not about everything else going on. Like he's spent, what, he's been there for three previous seasons? Four is it now? Um, Before. And I think for the vast majority of those years, it was basically he had to beat Hamilton to win races and to, you know, in order to win a championship, he would have to beat Hamilton. And I think now that, the pecking order has come a bit closer together. I think he needs to change his approach a bit and worry about what Verstappen and Perez, and even like the McLarens and the Ferraris yeah. are doing. And that's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah, it, it, I think he needs to focus on everything and not just focus on what his teammates doing. Yeah, which I think is maybe an Achilles' heel of his right now. Yeah, very well put, Chris.
2: Yeah, thanks. I
1: agree completely.
0: Um, when, when when you're a uh, on-the-record Bottas fan, you think about these things a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you do. I
1: mean, you bought the merch. Yes, I do, I do oh, own a yeah, single
0: piece the... of Valtry Bottas merchandise, it's true. It's, it yeah. brings a tear to my eye. Um,
2: <laughs> is it me now? It it's is me. It's Chris. It's Chris.
0: Uh, Kieran says with Toto suggesting that Ocon could be a potential for the Mercedes seat if Bottas doesn't have his contact renewed, where would that leave George in regards to his future? Assuming Lewis stays for another year, do you think he'll start to look elsewhere for a better drive like Sainz did, or would he just bide his time at the back of the grid? Let's see what I did there. We do, we do see what you did there. I like it. <laughs> uh, we all know George is super quick and it would be embarrassing for Mercedes to not promote him in my opinion. Thanks and keep up the good work.
2: Thank you, Kieran. Oh, thanks, Kieran. Thanks, Kieran.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, on this one, I think that part of that is probably just Toto having to balance uh, his two drivers in terms of like, he can't have, he, he he manages both those drivers. He manages Russell and he manages Ocon and they're both very much sort of part of his program and Mercedes. So I think he's got to not show any like outward favoritism to one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I think he I think it's more just that he's he's sort of dampening the fire of when's George moving to Mercedes, when's George moving? by saying, Well, who says it's gonna be George? It could easily be Esteban, like he's on the books, he's my driver, he's a Mercedes driver, still like he could be the one that moves. And I think it's more that, like, than it being sort of legit, this is what's going to happen instead. Mm. But I, I think mean... you never know, do you?
0: And it's a nice problem to have from Toso's point of view as well, isn't it? Like, which yeah. of these very fast world-class drivers do I put in my car rather than Red Bull, who are like, who can we find that can drive this second car as fast as their first driver? <laughs> or, well, almost as fast, but not quite as fast.
1: Yeah. Fast enough to finish second behind him.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think, like, ultimately, I see that team... Based on this question, I can see both drivers at that team eventually. I don't think they're, yeah. gonna keep, they're not going to keep Bottas forever. Um, Hamilton obviously is not going to stick around forever and ever and ever. So I think they, I think there's a space for Ocon. I think there's probably a bit of politics being played on Toto's part. I think probably you would you'd you'd think Russell would be a shoo-in for that seat. Mm. You've, um, you've got
0: to think he's ahead of Ocon in the queue.
2: Before Ocon, yeah. And I think Ocon is the driver that maybe comes in as driver number two to potentially to Russell, depending yeah. on when Hamilton decides mm. to pack it in.
1: Yeah, I guess it comes back to that hypothetical that Brooke threw it as last week, saying what happens if they bring George in to replace Bottas, and then after that's been signed and done... Lewis decides he's had enough. Where where do they find themselves? And maybe that's what that situation is. It's it's a Russell Ocom's accompanied like by Archon. Yeah, but as well, I mean, at the end of the day, Toto is the like sort of driver manager of both those drivers. By saying something like that, he's just helping up his driver's stock. Like he's going to make Alpine mm. consider what they want to do about offering him a contract. He's I mean like there's yeah, also, there's the talk of like Gasly going there and and stuff depending on how things go for Gasly and how things go for Ocon. So I mean at the end of the day he's a he's a driver manager as well as a team yeah. principal. Well, this and he's the, doing both jobs.
2: And I think there's there's almost a conflict of interest in um, yeah. in what Toto mm. Wolf does because yeah. when you're the you know team boss of the most successful team in Formula 1 at the moment then of course, like any driver, is going to give their left foot to be on your books. Like they're yeah. they're, they're all going to Toto as like almost a Pied Piper and saying we'll follow you into the <laughs> abyss if you give us your just for a chance of having your amazing Formula One seat. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Toto's kind of putting himself in a position where if we're getting if you want to get really deep into the sort of F one politics side of this now. Toto's putting himself in a position where, if when he eventually leaves for Mercedes Formula One team, which a lot of people think isn't a million miles away from now. He's going to be in a position where he's got a number of excellent drivers under his under his management, yeah. and he's able to continue to have a very lucrative career inside of Formula One mm-hmm. yeah. through that avenue without necessarily having to put the work into being uh, uh, to being a um, team boss. Yeah, not lot, not being away every weekend oh, yeah. away from his family. Exactly. And all that kind of yeah, so yeah, much exactly more
1: involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah.
2: it's you know managing drivers is a lot less complex. I think then manage yeah, the Formula One teams, depending on how many F one driver
0: drivers you're managing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all right, to go back to the Russell side of things then, if you were George Russell and midway through this season, Toto says, You're doing a great job, love your work and all that, but I haven't quite got space for you in the big team just yet. Let's have a word with Williams, see if they want you for another year. Like, what would you do at that point if you were George Russell? I mean, I think you, I think you have to stick. I
2: think you have to do what he says. Is is it's checkmate? but you you've kind of got to do what Toto says. Yeah,
1: I, I think I think you you do that, but you'd be you'd be questioning. You'd be like, well, what what more do I need to show you? Mm-hmm. Like, what what is the next step that you need from me for me to have that seat the year after? Because I want it, and I'm showing you that I want it. You with- go out
2: looking for sponsors, like. <laughs>
0: Mad, I mean, and like, even then it doesn't I, really matter, yeah, they, yeah like reading between the lines, it sounds like he already has had that conversation with Toto from what he mm. said in interviews and stuff, and I don't know, I feel like there's there must come a point as a driver where you're like, how much longer do you want him to sit here and like waste more years in a car that's not gonna win anything, um, but then mm. in the current formula one, like where else would you go? are you really gonna squander a potential top seat at mercedes for something else that's almost certainly not going to be mercedes yeah, yeah. well i think i think again
2: still on the still on the question i think for russell it's kind of i think he's got one more of those i think you get one more in mm-hmm. uh, at williams and i think after that that's where you
0: draw the line after I def- that it's like yeah. well i've had enough of this I've got i it. certainly yeah. wouldn't be else. signing more than a one-year deal at williams put it that no. way exactly yeah. Does that answer it? I think that can I, yeah, I think it does, yeah.
2: Chris McNulty says, at what point does Max have to start winning? Close is one thing and closer is another, but we're in a sport where winning is everything. We've had drivers who can't convert their potential into actual results forever in Formula One. So when does Max get his move to Alpha <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: I mean the short answer is Max had to start winning in Bahrain. Yeah. Right now is when he needs to start winning he,
2: that team. I don't. I think Max is on a different schedule to most of a Formula One driver. That's most of a well Formula One drivers and Red Bull drivers, specifically yeah. Red Bull drivers. I think there's a special place for Max at Red Bull, so I can't imagine. And I can see it's a very tongue-in-cheek question, isn't it? Obviously, he's not going to AlfaTauri. Yeah. Um, but the team do need him to to do better. I think everyone knew that
0: the last race was should have been Red Bulls to lose and they lost mm. it. I would um, almost argue that he needs the team to do better in a lot of circumstance. It's, yeah. I think it's a bit of both. It's a bit yeah. of both.
2: There's, there's performance being left on the table on mm. both sides. And this weekend needs to be a weekend where that team... Really, really pull it out of the bag and and give us a good show. And, you know, for the sake of the championship, everyone wants Red Bull to win at
0: Monaco this weekend, I think. Yeah. I'm yeah. one of them. Even Despite my predictions, I, I'd rather <laughs> see Red Bull win. Well, it's like we said last week, like across the board, Red Bull, I think, are really realizing what it takes to beat Mercedes. And it's more than they're currently doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nodding my yep. head
1: heartily. <laughs> uh, last one for this week, Paul D says, uh, do you think there's a chance that Schumacher could lap his teammate this weekend if his teammate lasts long enough for that to happen?
0: I mean, <laughs> the second part of that is, the, yeah, <laughs> is, is it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean,
2: it will happen. Because he'll retire, so it'll just be lap two. <laughs>
1: it'll be lapped many times. That's so
2: I'm so I'm so that you know what that was really harsh of me. That I apologise for that comment because I, I was out of order, but still put it in the.
0: <laughs> how's How's Mick Schumacher gone at Monaco in last in his F2 years? I don't know. He will have been there because
1: it was last year, wasn't it? And they didn't go last year. Oh, okay. And before that, before yeah. that, he was in European F3, and they don't go there.
0: 2019, he was there in F2, and oh, he it was. Finished oh, yeah, my bad. Thirteenth and eleventh. I forgot that was there was 2019. Great. I'd forgotten about that bit. Um, he was still
2: really young, though, for an F2 driver. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we've said so. we
0: said a bunch of times about him, like his first season in anything. is never. He's just half a season at the very least. He's never oh, great. Man.
1: I've just realised how long ago it is since I was watching him in. European F3. yeah, Because that means he was in European F3 2018. I was thinking he was in there 2019. Yep, he was. Oh, Europe. man. Time moved too fast. Yeah. Chris, and to I saw him,
2: Chris and I saw him in a support race for, I think, for World Endurance uh, Championship. Yeah, it was WEC, yeah. yeah. Was uh, that, 2018,
1: that, that was the that same year WEC. because it, I, I saw him in Germany and then you guys saw him supporting the WEC. Yes, of course. It was the same, same yeah. season, but just yeah. different events.
2: And our review of him that year was like, yeah, decent, but. Need to work. Sure, kind of thing, yeah. yeah but then he... He, he just takes time to to adjust to new form. I think we've said that yeah. before as well. Yeah, I, think, I I don't see I don't expect great things from him this weekend, to be honest. The car he's in, um, and just his he's done well so far. I guess for given the car he's in, it's probably a very difficult car to drive. Yeah, um, but I can't
0: see that car being enough for him to no. give him a surprise result this weekend. Honestly, like, I think bro. if he If he sees the chequered flag, that'll be achievement enough, honestly. That that will be a
2: huge achievement in that car. God,
0: that car looks awful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, we and everyone else in the world gives Mazpin a hard time, but, you know, and and he's definitely doing no any as good a job as Mick Schumacher, but both of them are lumbered with an absolute dog of a car. Yeah, Yeah. it's very true. Like, let's okay. take last year's car and then make it worse. <laughs> cool, cool, nice work, guys. Yeah, that's exactly
2: what's happened because there's less floor, and yeah. they don't appear yeah. to have changed much else about the car. So
0: yeah, just, they've just the they've taken away the floor. They've
1: <laughs> literally taken away the floor that they had to take away due to regulation changes yeah. and not done anything about yeah. it. Yeah, is exactly what's happened.
0: Uh, and I think that is it for this week, isn't it? I that's, believe that's so. Your lot. Cool. Um so thank you as always everyone for listening. Uh thank you to everyone who joined us in the live show chat as well. It's always nice to have some people throwing in questions and um corrections on the things we forget in real time. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, Ricardo gifts. <laughs> yeah, as, as I
0: think we mentioned earlier, um, if you're not already, you can uh, go to patreon.com forward slash back for the grid and you can join us. Uh, everybody, even at the lowest tier, gets access to the Discord. And it's been really good fun over race weekends. Um chatting through races um we've also been chatting about pets and food quite a lot recently on the discord (laughs) exchanging lots of photos (laughs) you can tell it's been a quiet week for racing because we've been talking about food and pets but there we go (laughs) um special mention as always to our team principals that's narayan hamari alexia jarvis mark mcneil and wesley paul um we had the first episode of our first discord exclusive mini series went up recently uh the second episode that should be up quite soon Uh, We've also got some cool new theme music for that, um, courtesy Mm. of our uh, jingle jingle writer-in-chief, Mr. (laughs) Ashley Foster. Um, (laughs) And then there's another mini-series we've got in the works that will hopefully be going up at some point in the coming weeks as well. So lots of cool stuff there. Um, And yeah, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those things, just search Back The Grid and you'll find us via the lovely new purple logo.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm grinning very, please. very like grinning in a in a podcast again. Not <laughs> please
1: most, please um, tell us how much you like the new logo so we can screenshot share and send it to Steve. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh yeah, and that'll do us so for this week. So you can join us in a week's time to review what will hopefully be um uh F one race in Monaco, even half as good as the Formula E race there. <laughs> 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 oh, you've not been planning that one, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But yeah, until next week, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.